This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I re- I recognize why people showed up for me. Like they showed up because of my love story in general. Then they they might have stayed because of love stories or because of life or because they like me or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like I, I thought I was like letting people down in a certain extent from like not talking about the show. That was like the biting the hand that feeds me thing. But I I'm not here to let people down. I'm not here to prove things to people. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope we're doing great. It is your host, Sydney. I'm so excited to have you all here and for you guys to listen to this episode. I just wanted to do a little check and I love to share something at the beginning. And last week, I had the pleasure of going home to my hometown, Virginia Beach. My friend who was supposed to get married last year, she's my childhood friend from forever ago. We danced together growing up and she was supposed to get married right at the beginning of the pandemic last year in April. So she had to postpone her wedding a whole year. And then we were in fear that her having a wedding in April wasn't going to happen again. But luckily, it all came together. She got to have a beautiful wedding. It was super fun. And just to be able to catch up with old friends, you kind of forget just like how great that is. It's just like so simple, but also just so nice to know that there's people out there that you've built strong friendships with and built strong foundations and that those memories are all there and that you have people out in the world, whether you're still in close vicinity to them or not. I am not, unfortunately, but just to know that there's people out there that support you so much and know almost everything about you and know where you came from and have some very interesting stories to share with you about things that you might have blocked out that you would have done in the past. It was really funny because my boyfriend was with me for the wedding and he got to hear all about my childhood stories. And I was like, I truly must have blocked that out. I don't remember myself being like that. So it was super fun. And he got to see, I guess, even get to know me even more because he got to see the people that really know me the best from when I grew up. So that was super fun. But now coming back after that week, I'm trying to get back into the swing of it. And it's so, so hard. Like, feels like an existential crisis. You're like, okay, I had so much fun last week. I wasn't really doing much work. And you have to come back into the real world and just like pull it together. It's it's hard. Like I almost took a nap yesterday. It's hard out here. So yeah, currently I'm just trying to get back into the swing of life, back onto the grind, but also leaning into it's okay to take breaks and to take time away from work away from your hustle and your goals to just enjoy life and be with the people who know you best and just really enjoy yourself. So I'm currently working on getting over my two-day hangover that I had from the wedding and jumping back into my goals and pushing myself to keep creating for you guys and keep reinventing the wheel and also figuring out what is working, what's staying as we move forward with something to share. So today's guest is Katie Morton. She was one of my good friends from The Bachelor. She was on Colton season with me and on Bachelor in Paradise season six, where she actually got engaged to Chris Bukowski, who was one of my friends from the show as well. We all saw that unfold. We all were there along with her. And now she is in a new relationship where she gets to tell us all about all of the exciting new things that she's up to. She, as well as myself, found a relationship in quarantine. So I just love to share stories like this and people like this who can make you guys 
maybe see that it's possible for you, that you can find relationships and opportunities and stuff like that. And sometimes the weirdest of situations. So just to stay hopeful and get a little insight into that. So Katie has a lot to share. We talk about her and I's own journey, kind of stepping back from Bachelor a little bit. We still, it's one of those things where you want to honor where you came from, what you've learned, your experiences, while still staying true to yourself and where you're at currently. I mean, it's been two years for both of us and I have no ill will towards the show or anything that I experienced, but it's just kind of finding that balance post-show, like how much you want to continue to be a part of it, how much you want you know that you need to separate yourself. It's just kind of a personal preference, but her and I are go, both going through that balance of that, and we talk about that on this episode as well. Also, we didn't uh, when we had when her and I had talked. This was pre-Colton coming out, so we don't share that on this episode. But I'll say that I'm happy for him at least in the fact that he's finding his truth. I think that everyone should be able to do that. I think that we are on this earth to be ourselves and hopefully find our true selves and be able to live that. And for him, I hope that this new announcement is letting him do that. I don't think it takes away from what happened with him and Cassie. I'm not going to get into that, but I think that at least for him finding his truth, I'm saying that I support him in that. And I hope that this makes him happy and that's, we all deserve happiness. Um, I think that we all deserve to find that and I hope that he gets to. So yeah, that's what I have to share today. Hope you guys are well. Also, we will be recording that dating app episode. So Nick and I are going to maybe have some drinks and go through your dating profile. So share them with me. Either you can DM them to me on my Instagram, Sydney Latwaco, or the best place to send it is to the Something to Share podcast on Instagram. So it's at Something to Share podcast where I can save them. We can go through them. We're going to put them on film and give you guys some helpful dating tip advice. So yeah, that is all for today. Please, please, please write a five-star review if you feel called to it and share this one with someone who needs to hear it. So without further ado, here is my friend, Katie Morton. Yay. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm so excited to catch up with you. But before we jump into everything, just tell everyone what you've been up to. I'm sure people, last time they've seen you was a show. If they don't already follow you, they should. So just like, what's Katie Morton up to? I am literally just, it's been COVID, obviously. I definitely was like, now that everything's open, it's like a weird thing Cause it's almost like you get anxiety for things opening, not just because of like safety, but it's like, I definitely was one of those that put on a few quarantine pounds uh, and, summer and I'm like, shut the shit down. Yeah. Not, no, just kidding. But no, I'm actually, yeah, as we should, it's like, I'm, I'm really, have, I feel like COVID I went through a lot with like ups and downs of like dance dance mm-hmm. had that standard of like what, what I felt like I should look like for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I felt so um, relieved and freed when so many women were coming together during COVID when we're all kind of like gaining a quarantine 15 and saying, you know, just the empowerment that all bodies are great bodies because it's just, as you probably have experienced, like dance team, like I've, I've done diet culture since I was, I don't know, a freshman in college. Like Mm -hmm. I was just so over it. But then um, I was going through waves during COVID of like being hard on myself for not like working out so much. And it's yeah. just like, 
relax. It's been so nice to finally accept my relaxation as opposed to like beat myself up for like relaxing. Yeah, I can definitely feel that shift in you. And I know exactly what you're talking about because last year was a thing of like, we no longer have control. And I know you and I both love like a controlled environment and like everything kind of in its place and things going how we want it to go. And I definitely was the workout a million times a week and feeling like that made me have worth in a way just because I was like organized. I was like on my game. We've been in like the dance circuit. We've done the auditions. We've done like keeping your shit together for dance teams. We've done all that. So you and I have a similar background. And I think for me last year, for sure, I learned that it's okay to do less. It's okay to not feel like you're going 4,000 miles a minute for what? And it's okay to gain 15 pounds in quarantine and just like eat what you like and exercise when you feel like it and just embrace that a little bit more. Um, I'm not saying I'm fully there yet, but I've definitely shifted a little bit. It's going to be a journey forever probably. Yeah. Just because it was so drilled into us, especially as dancers, like this is what you need to do. This is what you have to do to do it. Mm -hmm. And like, it's, it's definitely very hard to part with it, but then also accept that I'm like doing a a bit less Yeah, and also feel like I'm, still in the realm of finding the balance between accepting that less is still okay, Mm -hmm. but not being a complete lazy bum and like not moving, like not moving. That's not the key either because mentally you need it. Mm -hmm. So it's like just finding that balance has been my biggest challenge this year, but honestly it has been very empowering. And like, I also like ups and downs. It's been like sometimes a little not, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's been empowering just seeing every girl on the internet, just like be very proud of like what Mm -hmm. is happening and what's going on. And like every single body that's out there feeling so good and feeling so free to just be yourself without judgment. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. the judgment has been lifted off this planet a bit. And that Mm -hmm. is nice. Um, not just for me, but for so many people. I agree. I love an account that's like showing their cellulite or showing their stretch marks or like embracing that and also embracing when people have negative things to say about that. I mean, I've had this girl on Julia on before and her her account is Fit Fat and all that. And she embraces everything. And she used to have an eating disorder. And now just seeing like how empowered she is owning who she is now and in this like full body that she's in and how empowering that is. It's so amazing. And I love seeing that. I'm just hoping with now that the world is opening up and there's all those pressures are still there. And then you're, we're going into summer and bikini season, all that, that it doesn't just go back to the way it was. I don't think it will necessarily, but it's also going to be a mental check-in for myself. And I'm sure you'll feel this too, of like not letting yourself go back to that, like dance team, drill team, like ever, like that mindset that we're so used to. Yeah. So used to, it's really like, I'm such a creature of habit and I built so many habits and they weren't bad habits. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't bad Mm -hmm. habits. It's just like allowing myself to feel like freed from like deviating from that path is, is been the most, I guess the biggest challenge recently. Tell me then what you've been doing with yourself. Cause you're very like a good mental health advocate. I love following you and I love like how much you share, like how have you taken this past year to kind of really embrace that? What do you do to maintain that for your everyday life now? So yeah, my everyday routine has been kind of, um, I've like pinpointed it a bit, what I really need. So like in the beginning of COVID, I was by myself in my apartment for like 12 weeks. I literally did Mm -hmm. it all. I was trying things, seeing what felt good, what didn't. I think that's 
that was imperative to me figuring out what my routine's going to be because mm-hmm. I did things like I did Kundalini yoga, which I actually really mm-hmm. enjoyed. Um, I would try to schedule out my whole day. I would try and schedule out just batches of my day. I would try different scheduling or like different ways, methods of creating my perfect routine type of thing. It was like very trial and error, but the discipline was the main part. Cause I had to like do like two weeks of one thing. And then I'm like, you know what, that one thing's just not working, but I can't mm-hmm. figure it out unless I do it consistently for like a set of time. So now I pretty much, I have sticky notes around the house, like probably one on my mirror, one in the bathroom, one, on, well, it was on this light switch. It just recently fell. Um, just kind of reminding me what I do in the morning. And then what I do at mm-hmm. night is in the bathroom where we're not playing right now, buddy. Um, <laughs> so I wake up, I tidy my house. Cause I realize I'm just not, that's, it's part of my mental health to have my house clean, but mm-hmm. I used to try and do it at the end of the day and just beat myself up for not wanting to get off the couch at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I just say F it and I leave it and let it be whatever it is at night. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people might not be able to go to bed like that, but I totally can. And then I wake up in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, same. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, ah, and I'll do like a 10 minute meditation. I literally look it up on YouTube and then I wake Mm -hmm. up and I tidy while like, while like I'm in my bed pajama dirty. Like I literally make coffee tidy the kitchen, like literally vacuum. So after I tidy, then I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to like, I'm, I've kind of woken myself up by walking around a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of making the coffee during it's like 10 minutes, 20 minutes of tidying. And then I get up and like start getting dressed. Like I don't even like brush my teeth right away. I literally like tidy. And then I'm like, drink coffee. I'm like, okay, like now time to like get up and get ready. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, um, and after that I'll work out and if I want to. And then I take a cold shower because that's been imperative hmm. to my mental health. I've recognized wow. cold shower. What does that do for you? What What are the benefits of a cold shower? So there are scientific benefits, but I do know that the cold shower shocks your nervous, central nervous system mm-hmm. and which in turn, something, something science, endorphins happen. <laughs> endorphins happen. Um, and yeah, I've actually just, I've noticed a difference in my skin a little bit. I feel like really? in California, whenever I do hot workout, hot shower, it's nothing like Florida. Like when you get out of the hot shower, mm. you're like sweating and from the shower. Um, but it is like, I just do notice, I feel like maybe the cold shower like closes up my pores or something. Like I like have mm. less bumps on my face. I've heard it's really good for your uh, hair too. Like the defrizzing. Yeah. So there's something for sure behind shampoo and cold water for conditioner. Mm. And so, man, that's dedicated because I love a steamy ass shower. (laughs) But I love a love a steamy shower, but like I have to do the cold water for condition. So yeah, Mm. at the very end, but it does help anxiety. Like if you're having an anxiety like panic attack, which I haven't had in a very long time. Tap on the back. um, (laughs) Freezing cold shower. Hmm. freezing cold shower, throw yourself in it. So like that says something about what it could probably do for your every day. So yeah, it's a form of discipline too, which is always helpful for controlling. And they say for like longer than two minutes. Like, I think I do like max one minute. It's, it's a long minute for me. I'm like, it's one of those where I'm like, I can't breathe. Yeah. It's like the ice bath. Relax into it. Yeah. Like you're like so tense and you're like, okay, okay. I can do this. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, it sounds like you're very good at like centering yourself and knowing what you need, which is important. Like people think it's so like monotonous and we get into our everyday things of like going to work and they need to run to the gym and do all this. But it's like, if you just take like 10 minutes, like you do, and just set up your day for that. Like for me, I've been not going on my phone for like the first 15 minutes of my day journaling and then doing all the other things. And then I just feel like 20 times better. It's just kind of getting out everything, centering yourself, then you can embrace whatever's going to come at you because it's going to come at you. It's life. Yeah. 100%. And that's why I have those sticky notes because I mean, I know my routine by now, but sometimes I'll wake up. And if I do go to my phone really quick to like answer a text, it's really Mm -hmm. James is also like on the other side of the world. So sometimes I'll go to my phone right away. If I do go to my phone, it's almost, it's almost like it wipes me out. And I look around and I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing type of thing? Mm-hmm. And it can really instantly almost mm-hmm. like go back on your phone to be like, well, if I'm not supposed to be doing anything, I might as well scroll. And so I literally look at the sticky note on the side of my bed and it says tidy workout, cold shower. And then in the yep. bathroom after the cold shower, it like says like face, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, all the steps are like around the house. There's uh, nothing I love more than a crossed off checklist. Like it just feels so good. <laughs> nice. This one I don't ever cross off. I just keep it right there because it's like yeah. it's like a oh you don't know what to do. You have stuff to do, sis. Mm-hmm. Like you you don't need to be on that phone. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So I've been trying not to check the phone, but that's nice. Journaling is nice. I haven't done much of it because I find that I just have so much to say. I I don't get away from the journal. Like, You're the, like writing a novel. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, well, the book is the book will be out tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> the book will tour will be next week. Um, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be a trilogy, and I'm making them all mm-hmm. this week. Like that's how yeah. my journaling ends up. Um, yeah, I haven't been lately because it's almost like it feels too much for me sometimes. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Well, talk to me about this new relationship because you found this new boyfriend within the span of quarantine, which I love. Yeah. Um, and you kind of kept him a secret, but you were like hinting at him for a little bit. So like talk to me through like how you guys met, how you started dating because he does live on the opposite side of the world. So how's that all going? So it's actually going really well, but I can't lie. It was pretty freaking tough. I mean, mm-hmm. it still has its moments, but like the relationship is newer as a whole, but also more serious, you know? Yeah. So when I get it, <laughs> if I'm talking to like a 22 year old, maybe, I don't know. It depends on where you're at in your life. When, if I'm talking to my 22 year old self, I would be like, wow, this is just a fun fling. And mm-hmm. now I'm 29. I'm like, oh, hello. My name's Katie. I know what I want. I'm looking for this. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, do you fit this resume? Because this is the job title. Like this is the job I'm hiring for. It's mm-hmm. the job of a husband. It's not the job mm-hmm. of a party friend. And so, um, yeah, it was just very clear what we both wanted, which prompted me to even visit in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was doing a few other things there, but then, so it kind of helped, but, um, yeah. So we met anyway, yeah. we met in LA and nothing happened. And then didn't you like run into him on the street or something? Yeah. What is that story? Sunset Boulevard. Uh, ran into him on the street. He came up to me and it was the day after I filmed my, um, paradise intro. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Makes sense. So so then I (laughs) I could entertain it obviously. And Mm -hmm. I just went about my merry way and then life happened. Yeah. You know, then I got engaged, then I got unengaged and then Mm -hmm. pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. And then I, spent time in my house by myself doing kundalini yoga 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I did a bunch of other things. And he just reached out to my DMs. He saw me on a dating app and thought oh. I was in London at the time because of the fact that I popped up. He had remembered me and like reached out on Instagram and was like, if you're in London, like I'd love to take you out to dinner if you're still here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're like chilling on the dating apps while you're here. I'm like, I'm actually not present. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. I actually kind of forgot who he was for a sec. And then um, I actually said, remind me of who you are. And he was like, yeah, I met you on the street when you were with your friend, Hannah G. And I was like, tight. Again? And then I looked at his pictures and I was like, his pictures actually, like, I didn't remember him. And then I kept looking down when he had shorter hair and I was like, oh, I know who this is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started FaceTiming. He like set up a FaceTime date the next day. And then we wow. FaceTiming and FaceTiming and FaceTiming, which isn't that how your relationship was as well? It's exactly how my relationship started too. So talk to me about that because I found that FaceTiming right away before even meeting in person and never ever thinking I would actually meet him in person, I found it like was so great because you got to know them without being physical and you were forced to just talk and get to know like you had no other options but to be like consistently being creative with what you're going to talk about next. So yeah, what was it like for you? That was exactly how it was for me. It was like, yeah, you had to talk without being physical and also Mm -hmm. there were also there was nothing you could do. So it wasn't like, Oh, he took me to these nice dinners. Like you can't like whine and mm-hmm. you essentially. Um, you also can't like get distracted by like, Oh, we're hanging out, but we're doing a million little things at once. Like, yeah. But we're actually like in the car and like, now we're not talking like, you know, just mm-hmm. generally hanging out. You don't talk as much as you do when you're just like, hello, this is my, yeah. I have to be here. This is my home. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. this is my home. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's not so weird on FaceTime because you're just like, do I smile? (laughs) I'm just like smiling. Or you're like trying not to look at yourself in the little box, but like you want to make sure you still look pretty, but then you're like trying to be attentive. Yeah, totally. Yes. That (laughs) that is some real shit right there. Because your eyes, you know, your eyes like glance up and it's like, you're like, "Um, you're fixing your hair. Yeah. (laughs) I am not checking myself out or anything. Um, Yeah. So we talked for six hours the first time we talked and then it just kept, we just kept talking. And mm-hmm. I knew it was, I mean, I just had a, after that one moment, like that one FaceTime, I was like, well, yeah, all of my questions have been answered at this point, signed, sealed, delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, that is jumping the gun there, sis. Like we've done that before. I just was like patient. And we just talked a lot. We talked about all of this, all of the hard stuff, all of the in-between stuff. We mm-hmm. had the help of the, we're not really strangers game, which is why I preach that game. Um, oh, tell me about this game. I don't know this game. Uh, I love it. Okay. So it is, <laughs> it's, we're not really strangers. It was made by this dope girl named Kareen. Um, mm-hmm. She lives in New York. She, I think has been incubating this idea for like years and years. And then she started the Instagram and then it became a game. So the Instagram we're not really strangers has grown tremendously, especially during COVID. I think it's gotten like, I mean, it's millions now mm-hmm. and it's all about connecting people with other people. Like essentially we're all inside. We're all the same. Like inside we all have our struggles, our battles, our, um, we've all been through something in one way or another. We all have our own insecurities. We all have our own empowering feelings and confidence and like all this different stuff and experiences, especially. So the game has three levels, level one, two, and three. I literally feel like I'm sponsored by them because I, I preach about it and I might as well be, I have the script. So there's no script, but this is my script. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Level one perception, level two connection and level three reflection. So like level one is questions like, 
one to scale of one to 10, how messy do you think my car is? How fast do you think I kill plants if I kill them at all? Like, and then they guess and you kind of like, it's fun because you go off on tangents. You're like, actually, my car is super clean. Mm-hmm. My car is super messy. Level two connection is like, tell me your mother's name and one thing about her, like this and that. Level three is like, now that you know me, questions, reflection. Like now that you've learned all this about me, what Netflix shows would you recommend to me? Mm-hmm. And then there's the honest dating, there's expansion packs. So when I, when I FaceTime him, I got, I had just gotten in the honest dating expansion pack. Cause I was like, I'm over these boys. I'm getting straight to the point. Yeah. And I mixed up the honest dating cards within the regular game. And it was like, Oh, I did sometimes at one point I didn't expect it to be as intense. Like the questions and I was like, Oh shoot. And one was like, what's your, what's your ex's name? And like, why did you break up? Like it's mm. right there. First day. For a few hours, I'm like, so who's your ex? Like, <laughs> and what we went down? It, yeah. I'm like, what went down? And like, when was the first time you fell in love? And like, how did you know? It's like mm-hmm. questions like that. So mm-hmm. it's pretty intense. But anyway, we spent six hours talking, um, and then it just like kind of dominoed from there. Yeah, we went to London, and everything was great. Like, mm-hmm. it just like fits, it just works, and it's fun. It's like he just became like my best friend and also like someone I also am very physically attracted to. <laughs> it helps. helps. That's, I mean, also I like the idea of that game too, because it kind of grounds you in like, Oh, we have to answer these questions. It kind of takes away those like walls that you might be building up if someone were to ask you that out of like left field. But it's like, no, the cards told me I must ask you this. So we have to talk about it. Yeah, That's amazing. As I said, I'm blaming this on the card. Yeah. You'd be like, Ooh, yikes. And then I just hold up the, the card and he'd be like, yeah. Oh, that's intense. And I'm like, it wasn't me. Yeah. And it shows that he was like open to you and open to talking about things. And I think that's important. I mean, I definitely, I'm of the camp of like talking about those things earlier on. I don't know if that everyone is like that, but I just like want to know maybe because I'm 29 too as well. And I'm just kind of like, like I've done the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's not waste any time. Exactly. Like, it's not even like I need to be married to you tomorrow. It's just more of like I just need to know that what I'm getting myself into. And I think also this is why I'm so of the camp of like FaceTiming first or like doing that just because like you have to get to know them. And then by the time you will meet them in person, you already know them as a human and you just can be together versus like, oh, what are we like? Like, what is he like? It like takes the nerves out of it. Yeah. Were, did you ever get like scared of meeting in person? Because I know that like first meet was very, I mean, you kind of met him a little bit in person, but not really before. Was that like terrifying? What was that first meet like? It was actually, well, when we actually met, I was like, oh, wow, this is great. But mm-hmm. when right before I was like, oh my God, I, I mean, I definitely had like the weird cold sweats. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? What's going to happen? Like we could potentially despise each other <laughs> like yeah, that's the fear. <laughs> fear like the fear is like you're so annoying like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this guy is gonna be so obnoxious or you're like rude to waiters or something rude. yes yeah rude like, yeah disrespectful like yeah it's like low-key because on FaceTime you can't be like hey yo are you disrespectful or what and it's mm-hmm. like you kind of get the vibe that they're a good person but like there are the little things you have to experience t- together yeah. in order to like actually see like how do you treat others? How do you treat your friend? Mm-hmm. How do you treat people that you're not trying to co- consistently impress like how you are right now? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was important, but it went so well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Uh, yeah. How long 
how I'm sure people on your podcast know, but how long um, was it until you guys met in person? We talked for three months because we actually started right at the beginning of the pandemic. Like for week one, we had been starting to talk and then it was three months. And then we were both like, it, we got to the point where we were like so connected that there was like sexual tension at that point where we were like, we need to meet in person just to see if this is something or we need to like stop doing this because it's going to yeah, so die of get- slow FaceTime death. Exactly. We don't like once you get to that point where you're antsy, you just got to figure out how to meet because it makes a difference. I mean, three months, that's a really good amount of time. I did two weeks. Well, yeah. Um, but I mean, circumstance. Teach their own. Yeah. And like, yes, totally circumstance. And also, he had been like showing me off to his best friends or whatever. And I was like, it's about time. But I was also thinking, basically, what am I doing right now? Yes, I'm staying mm-hmm. in the pandemic at that time. But I was like, if I'm able to go home to Florida, why can't I be on a little bit of an extra flight? Yeah. And then, or like see an extra person, like the rules were very strict. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, we've been very lucky to be able to find two guys. Yeah. And yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was like, this is going to be really great or this is going to die very slowly. Yeah, and like and it's timing as much or like, like sorry, couldn't get to it. It's just gonna be like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Well, for you guys now, because our ours is a special case. Now I'm living with him. Like you guys are fully long distance. Like he's living in London. So how are you managing that? Do you guys have like an end goal or a plan? People, I feel like always ask questions like how to make long distance work. Like how is it working for you guys? Yeah, yeah. People have been asking that question as well. That's a good one. I saw one of your posts the other day, and I thought it was really mm-hmm. great. I think. The way I've been managing it right now is especially because the time zones, um, we talk every day at a specific time. Mm-hmm. That is more like his bedtime, my middle of the day, but I'm lucky enough to be able to like take an hour, 30 minutes to an hour and just be like, take off that. Like I just do like a super late lunch pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then we have a plan to see each other in June. We are praying that the international travel ban is lifted. Mm. Uh, UK to US um, we're just praying on that one or yeah. else we're going to have to it's going to be hard um, I hope so yeah. like by June we should be okay with all I the vaccine they're like reevaluating mid-May but um, and then the plan is to after June well we're waiting to see what where his career is kind of going at the moment and then mm-hmm. with that answer we'll answer where we will be living yeah. we will be living together I love it. Yeah. So I mean, I will say from my experience, it works. I think because of the solid foundation that you be, that you create at the beginning, plus the fact that you guys are both very willing to make this work, that can lend to it always working with whatever is going to come your way. Once you have that solid foundation, which it seems like you guys have, then absolutely can work. So I'm excited for that. Ooh, I'm Ooh. like, please. Uh, I've been reading so many. I just read all the rules all the time, trying to figure out like. Because then once we decide to like live together and then it's like, who's getting a visa? You getting a visa? Mm, you getting a yeah. visa? Oh, we should put you on 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that show. Yes. Oh, my God. Actually, once we that once we decide, put us on. Because help us yeah. get the visa. I'm pretty sure 90 Days helps them get the visa. And probably to be a lengthy process. So I see why people are doing the show. Yeah, it makes sense. Would you be willing to move to London? Yes. Um, okay. Uh, he lives like outside of London, but, um, I'm willing to move, um, at least until, 
yeah, until we decide we don't want to be there. But I think it's a really great place. It's really safe. It's gorgeous. It's a bit gray. And I'm, mm, I'm rainy. I do get like, yeah, I do like the sun for my mental health. Mm-hmm. So that would be an entirely new challenge. My yeah. friends wouldn't be there. And um, my family wouldn't. Yeah. But I've also been away from my family for like 10 years. So I'm kind of used to being a little bit of a nomad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. I would say the only thing that's like the hardest with that kind of transition is figuring out like your community, your like friends, if you're going to their space. That's what I've been working on is like committing to pushing myself into finding that. So that way you're like still lit up or you're still connected with your friends from before and then finding like someone in the area. So yeah, like even if it's just one person to just, yeah. Be, okay. Just have like girl time with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, can we hang out on the week? Yeah. Because or else. Exactly. Confinement, which is fine because James is like literally my best friend, but you mm. need a bit of balance. Yeah, I and think it's important. Everyone else is so far behind time wise. It's like whenever I'm visiting there, it's weird because like I'll text all my friends and I'm like, everyone's asleep. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're in your own bubble for yeah. sure. Did you think for, I can only talk from personal experience, but for me going on the show and dating and doing all that, I felt like I did learn a lot about dating and what I wanted when I was there, which led me to finding my boyfriend now and like being so open to that. Do you think that was because of the show or do you think that you were just like always in that place for you? I think the show really helped Mm -hmm. me find what I want, what I don't want, what I, yeah, what I want and what I don't want. Like, I think the show really helped. Um, It also just like, I thought I was mature before going on the show, which I still would say I am, but I think emotionally, like I had so much stuff to like work on internally that like little things would come up like on the show that I, I didn't expect from myself even because like Mm -hmm. just that show pushes you so differently. Yeah. So it was just like, I had like a bit of like a self awakening, um, that I think pushed me to be even like more like mature a bit more. Um, Mm -hmm just so I could be much clearer. Like, I don't think I was walking through this world, like saying like what I wanted, what I needed very clearly. I think I was more like walking through this world, having a good time, but mumbling mm-hmm. the thing yeah. I needed, like kind of like whispering with the ask or like mumbling the ask as opposed to saying, mm-hmm. this is concrete. These are the things I need. I'm not really settling for anything less. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. I agree. It's like being more in your worth about it. Like knowing that you like deserve that and you wanted it, but like not, fully pushing it and not like yeah just kind of not being uh, willing to like not say like it would be nice if I had this yeah it's really annoying that I I don't currently have this I guess I'll just take this it's like no that's called settling sis Mm -hmm. um yeah like I'd always be like justifying actions to fit into what I wanted and it's like no just ask exactly for what you want be specific if you don't get it it's okay just like walk away or move on whatever and have you found with it's James right yeah that it's just now easy with, even though it's like a very interesting situation, it's just easier, right? Yeah, so easy. Like mm-hmm. the only things we ever, we don't even argue, but the only things we ever like get in like even like a muddle about, I guess you would mm-hmm. say, is just by not being together. I'm like, <sighs> yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. The only thing we get like a little weird about ever is just like, ugh, this mm-hmm. is extra sucky today. Yeah. Yeah. Just acknowledging that. Yeah. Um, I know you've been open about this and you can speak about whatever you want to or not, but um about your setting kind of a boundary now with after being on the show. And it's been well for us like two years since we've been on the show, just like setting a boundary with like not talking about it so much anymore. 
Yeah. How have you done that? Because I kind of want to do the same. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yeah, I just, I've, I've, I, re- I recognize why people have showed up for me. Like they showed up because of my love story in general. Then they, they might've stayed because of love stories or because of life or because they like me or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I thought I was like letting people down in a certain extent from like not talking about the show. That was like the biting the hand that feeds me thing. But I was like, but I, I'm not here to let people down. I'm not here to prove things to people. Like I don't want to talk about that show right now for me. So I'm not going to do it. My people pleasing nature is still in me, but I've practiced not people pleasing. I've been practicing so hard. Um, But it's still in me to like share. I am an oversharer. I always have been. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? You're here for my, you're here for my life story. So here you're going to get my life story, but my life story is not attached. It's not forever. Every single detail attached to me being on the show. Like it did totally affect me, but like, here you guys go. This is like, I just present what I feel like. I'm like, this is my Mm -hmm. life. My, the bachelor isn't current right now for me. It's at Mm -hmm. this point, I've tried to let go of a lot of things in my past. And it's like, I don't want to ignore that I did it. But I don't yeah. want to keep harping on it because it makes me feel like I'm stuck back two years ago. Yeah. It does. It ta- almost takes away from the growth. Yeah. Like it's, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm trying to like, yeah, people please, I guess. It just feels like it takes away from my growth and how far I've come. Whenever I talk mm-hmm. about it, I almost feel like I jump right back. Like I jump two years back and I'm like, yeah, I'm like I get anxiety after I talk about the show. I just feel like all these feelings that I've worked so hard to let go of. So mm-hmm. it's like, peace out. Yeah, I totally understand that. And I found too, where like, I'm usually okay with it. But then as of late, it's been like anytime I've been asked about the show or like I've been at an interview about it, it just there's always been like a negative thing that happens after it. So I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, it's not really serving me any more than to continue to even answer these questions if it's just going to lead to negativity. I just like need that boundary for my own mental health. And maybe that's like, people have their own opinions on that. But just like, if it's going to lead to negativity, then why am I going to continue doing it? Yeah, that? it's like every single time people ask me a question, they usually ask me a question about something that happened that wasn't so positive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I just I almost like, I'm like, I don't need to explain this anymore. You all have seen it. You all know what happened. Yeah. You all know my feelings yeah. on it. I think I've said it over and over. I've said it in five to 10 different ways. Yeah. I'm like, Google it. Like, this <laughs> one. At this listen to one of the other yeah see one of the other posts for sure like I yeah I do feel like it just kind of hinders my growth or it it definitely takes that piece of my day and after I get off an interview or something I'm like I didn't say anything wrong but I'm sitting here rethinking everything I yeah. said just mm-hmm. like hoping no press comes out twisting my words in some way shape or oh yeah <laughs> every time it does like last week or whatever it was like us weekly took like two things I said and made it into a headline and I was like that literally was nothing why are we trying to drag this into something so yeah yeah, so, I, yeah I don't want to be a part of that so I'm like yeah I'm all good you you like us weekly put <laughs> Katie j- dating James like I'm like that's fine that's the truth I'm really happy about that but don't keep posting about my experience on the show. I feel like I've in relation to the future. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. 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 I've been on a million podcasts saying it's like, I don't know, just, yeah, I don't want to do it. So I agree with you. I think Mm -hmm. um, just setting that boundary. I usually I'll tell people like, if you want to do a podcast like such, 
I'll, I'll explain why I'm not doing it because it's just bringing a bit more negative than positive to me at this point. But yeah, I'm not going to tell a bunch of stories from The Bachelor. Yeah, because at this point, you're like, I did it. I've told them. At this point, I'm starting, starting to feel like a weirdness. Like, it's like, the more we talk about the show, I'm like, do I sound like an adult, like speaking of their their glory days that weren't so Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. I totally understand that. Because you're like, it was two years ago. And I guess I get why people still ask about it. But then you're like, um, anything else? Yeah. So I completely am standing by you with that. I love that you said it publicly. And we're like, hey, listen. I know everyone's asking me about the things that are happening in Bachelor Nation. I'm actually not even paying attention to it. It's not a part of my life anymore. Just yeah. respect that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I liked that a lot. Thank you. One other thing I wanted to ask you about, because you are very public and willing to share your life, which I love. Um, you talk about your diagnosis with narcolepsy mm-hmm. and how that's affected your life. And I feel like you, as of late, have been really open about it. So can you tell me like what that's like when you're diagnosed and what does it mean to have narcolepsy like you do? Cool. Thanks for asking about that. Um, yeah. I was diagnosed at 15. I legit thought I was just one of those kids that was just sleep. So I started sleeping in class um, mm. every now and then, but I would look over and like Jim, Bob and Suzanne were also sleeping in class. So I think <laughs> I was like very out of my realm in high school as a high schooler. Like I was like, I'm so tired. The difference mm. between me and then Jim, Bob and Suzanne, I don't know where I got that from, but yeah. Um, they were like, this math class sucks. Yeah. Put their arms put their heads down. Me. I was like, I'm trying and like, mm-hmm. like bobbing back, like, and like, like I was nearly falling on the desk and that's the difference in the tiredness that I was feeling mm-hmm. I believe um because narcolepsy is essentially one of the main factors is excessive daytime sleepiness so that's how I started noticing like I was just like I can't stay awake guys so I have a family history of epilepsy like um just in general and so the doctor was like maybe she's having because I was missing oh also my memory was starting to go to shit and mm-hmm. I was like I swear to God, the teacher did not ask for that assignment. I was sitting in the class the whole time. I didn't hear her say anything. And it turns out I was like missing pieces of the day or like, it was like, it was almost nearly like I was sleeping with my eyes open. It's Mm. as if this is my description. It says if someone wakes you up to go to the airport, like at four 30 in the morning, but you spent like all night packing. So you went to bed at like one. Mm-hmm. And then you wake up for the airport at 4.30. Like, you bar- you barely remember the whole time until you get to the yeah. airport. Like, you don't really You're just zombie mode. Or, like, you don't really remember bringing your suitcases down. You're kind of just, like, zombieing. That's how I felt all day, every day. Wow. And so I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I'll do these tests. And they were like, yeah, you're definitely narcoleptic. I was like, tight. And so I'm <laughs> like, tight. So it almost explains everything in my life. Like yeah. narcolepsy is associated with anxiety, is associated with depression, um, mm-hmm. is been associated with a lot, a lots of different things. Like even controlling eating because eating food is energy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as a narcoleptic person, you're so tired. You just want to eat all the time because it's just trying to keep your body awake. Yeah. Um, many different things. But yeah, I've been blessed to be able to share my experience. I think at one point I didn't think my experience, I'm like, oh, it's so rare. No one's, it's going to be weird to even talk about. Mm-hmm. So many people have come up to me and been like, I'm, I was the only one I knew that had it. And so it does make me feel like good to know that even sharing a little bit can help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my experience has been good, but um, I've definitely had a lot more time than most. I was really lucky to be diagnosed so early. So I've like, had to still go through high school then go through college and now I'm an adult like some people get diagnosed as an adult and they're like it's like very 
hard to kind of like grasp the world because it wasn't yeah. school, but I was, my life and environment was so, there were so many rituals. I was like, school, go to dance, come home, do your homework, go to bed. So like, I knew how, when I needed to be awake and stuff, when mm-hmm. you're an adult, you're just like, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm not sure. Let's take another nap. Yeah. How do you heal that? I guess there's not really a cure for it. So like, what do you do? Yeah. There's medication. Um, I found that being, so this goes into like me saying like the quarantine 15, like it does Mm -hmm. help me to be active and healthy because it gives me natural energy levels. So me, I have to definitely figure out the balance between relaxing and then just like narcoleptic sleeping all day and Mm -hmm. losing, draining myself of all my energy. Um, I do take little cat naps every now and then. And I do have a lot of accountability buddies. Like mm-hmm. I definitely rely on a lot of my friends to be like, okay, you and I, you're going to be the one reminding me to work out. You're going to be the one that we talked to about this. Like you're mm-hmm. going to be the one I talked to about this so that I kind of have these mini accountability buddies throughout my day. So I don't just like let the day pass and like try and I keep trying to crawl towards my bed. Yeah. Okay. So it's important. Um, talk to me about the importance of sleep then because I feel like we it's like one of those things we all know we should get, but we don't. Like how has it affected you to get your like sleep under control? Okay. So first of all, and like, yes, I was sponsored by Tempur-Pedic, but this is not a sponsored um, podcast. <laughs> My new bed. So let's rewind. Sleep is very important. It is, if not one of the most important things ahead of diet and exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, if you diet and exercise and get no sleep, it pretty much eliminates what you're doing. Um, it also is the house for your memories. So you have your hippocampus that is like basically a file cabinet of memories. And it's like, if you pull an all nighter, you do feel that adrenaline rush the next day, but that next day, the day after that, you might not remember as much because your Mm -hmm. hippocampus was like, I'm locked for the night because you did not let me rest. Mm -hmm. Um, so you don't really bring home those memories from the day after pulling an all nighter type of thing. Um, your body doesn't regenerate your cells fast enough. Like there's so much that goes into sleep and how important it is and your environment that you sleep in, you should definitely like your body temperature should drop. I've learned so many different things on sleep. It's so important. It's important for your memory, important for your health, Mm -hmm. like restorative health anti-aging like you want to anti-age stop doing 15 different creams and go to sleep and like (laughs) take a nap (laughs) take a nap like forget that 17th cream and go um and yeah it's it's just very important it's very important for moods Mm -hmm. as we all have probably experienced it's very important for like yeah eating like when you're so tired you just want more sugary foods because Mm -hmm your body is like sugar, ooh, energy, but it's like a false sense of energy. So you're like, must eat because I'm tired. Yeah. It's just important overall of information and being your best self. So anyway, this Ben, by the way, I just have to mention it. It literally gives me a sleep analysis every single morning. Really? And Angela was in this bed yesterday and it has, so it has two sensors in the bed. One for if you have a spouse, as I do not have one to sleep with. <laughs> um, Angela slept on my side of the bed last night and I was like, I felt like I didn't get good sleep, which happens often with narcolepsy. It's mm-hmm. you go to sleep fast. You don't just fall over, but you don't always get the best sleep. And Angela was like, pass out. And I looked at my sleep thing and I'm my report, since you report every yeah. morning in bed. Yeah. And I was like, I did not, this is a lie. And I realized it was on Angela's side and she had woken up and she was like, holy crap. She got like 
three hours of deep sleep, one whole hour of REM sleep, like oh my God. four hours. She only had like a few hours of light sleep and like her score was so high. <laughs> like, oh, that's how it feels to not have <laughs> sleep goals. <laughs> sleep goals. Wow. Yeah. It tells you the air in the room, the bed will sit up. If you start snoring, it goes up like 12%. I need that. (laughs) It's the coolest that it vibrates at night. Like if you're having trouble, it's like a low vibration, like rocking a baby to sleep. I mean, I will now be buying this bed because you have influenced me to buy Stemperpedic. It is that sounds like, amazing. It's so, it's so cool. You deserve this bed. Everyone deserves this bed. But um, it does give me my like tells me if I snore, what my breathing is, what my heart it like, what my heart rate is throughout the night. Mm. So it gives me almost like a some full health data, and that actually has helped my narcolepsy because it um, asks you questions in the morning, like did you drink alcohol? Did you do this? Mm. Did you do that? So at the end of the month, you get a sleep report, and it's like all the days you drink alcohol, this is what your sleep looks like, oh, and it's I know. It a, there's a difference. <laughs> Like all the days you drink alcohol before bed or on your phone before bed, your sleep Mm -hmm. significantly decreased or like the quality of the sleep went down in comparison to when you answered like no to these questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what's so sad is the alcohol before bed is always going to mess up with your sleep. Even if it's one glass, it's still going to affect your sleep. Glass. And it's like, that's when I want it. I know. (laughs) I want to wind down. Yes. Yes. It's so important. Yeah, because my boyfriend has a whoop band and he loves to track his sleep. He gets like his recovery stats in the morning. So that he would love that bed because then he didn't have to wear the band that is now smells terrible because he has it on all day long. Really? He could just get it from the bed. So now we're going to have to get it's that. Thank you. Like the Fitbit? It's like a Fitbit, but it, track, it tracks like everything, like recovery and more than a Fitbit. I feel like it's more accurate. Yeah, he would like this bed. He would love it. Great. Good to know. I'll be pitching that on him. But yeah, yeah, okay. Well, king size, that's what you guys need. Like just mm-hmm. splurge and then keep it. I mean, it's a splurge, but yeah. then keep it for 20, 25 years. I plan on bringing this. If I have to move to England, I'm going to, I'm going to bring my parents this bed because I obviously don't Aww. think I can ship it. Yeah. But I'm going to, I'm going to drive it across America because I'm not selling this bed. <laughs> you a little bit. Can what? I, can we do a five minute spiel on Sydney? Cause I feel like yeah. you interview people all the time and I want to know a little bit of the tea. I know. Own. Okay. So I'm in Ohio. Um, I moved in with my boyfriend in August Yay. and that was wild, but it was more like, okay, the pandemic is happening. Like I can't dance. I can't teach. I can't do anything out there. And I, my apartment was coming up. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to move in. And he was actually really receptive to it. And so I've been living with him since August. And I think it just like made sense. I was more leaning into, okay, what's working in my life? Like what's falling into place? And that was this relationship and just me kind of going with the flow and then figuring it out from there. So then, yeah, as of late, I've started this podcast just because I enjoy it. It's not even like for me to make money, do anything to be a part of the friend. It's really honestly just because I love talking to people. I love getting like the long form conversations and getting to know people from there and just like getting inspiration or learning things that I like want to know more on. So it's yeah. been great. And so it's been like my little passion project. And besides that, I've started teaching here like fitness again, which has been fun. But there's like a class with bands and like boxes. It's just like fun. And it, it's me trying to build a community here and find like minded people and the people that I'm used to. So I have like my little thing within Ohio. So yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Um, but That's yeah, it's been nice. nice. Just finding your way in Ohio, like, was something I might have to do if I go to England. Exactly. And I think, like, I if I was closed minded to, like, oh, it's Ohio, I'm not, like, that seems like the suburbs, I wouldn't have found, like, the things that I found. So I think the more, more you can just be, like, open and explore on your own, because 
he's probably not going to want to explore because my boyfriend's like lived here his whole life. Exactly. So he's like, I don't really want to go downtown. I'm like, well, I'm going to go by myself and I'm going to figure it out. So yeah. and we're more doing that. Independent yeah. people. And we've been yeah. for like, we were both alone for a long time. Exactly. But I think, I think that just comes easier for us. Like we, we definitely are not like, well, if I, if you're not going downtown, I'm not going. Downtown. I'm not going to go. I'm like, I'm going to leave. Yeah. So I think, See, I think that's important is keeping that independence and keeping yourself within a new situation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah. I'm happy for you too. Um, I think last question before we go is just any last things that's like on your heart, anything that you want to share, because it is called something to share, like anything that you've like thought of lately or learned lately, just anything like that. How we started the conversation, like how I was like, yeah, like it's been interesting for me to like learn, like to accept what is, what can change like certain things, especially with bodies um, and quarantine. I just want to share like I've, I've actually, since I even randomly started talking about that, I think I even mentioned it once because I was very nervous about the hate I would get of talking about bodies in general. It's like, everything is just a tiptoe these days for Mm -hmm. like, I breathe. I feel like I'm going to get trolled. Um, (laughs) and so my personal experience, it's like, this is me. I'm not saying what's right. I'm not saying what's wrong. I'm saying this is literally what happened. This is what happens in my brain. I mm-hmm. think I'm very, I'm very thankful to know that a lot, there's a lot of athletes out there. I feel like we need like a bigger community. I know this is like yeah. something I have. This is not something I can share and like actually help anyone with. But like I did notice when I mentioned that I was a former college athlete, or if like you're in NFL or anything, NBA athlete, um, it is so difficult to discipline yourself later. I feel like all athletes should kind of start coming together or start talking about that more, how disciplined we were, how Mm -hmm. trained we were. Like we weren't, it wasn't necessarily our work ethic, which our work ethic was great. It was more like we were literally given a structure how, and then all of a sudden the structure just comes to a complete Mm -hmm. end Like literally for 15 to 20 years. You have such so much structure and then it just comes to a full stop. And you're like, Oh my God. I have to design my own life now. Like I have to literally make my own sketch. Like I, what is this? It's, it's the craziest thing. I feel like athletes should talk about that more with each other and, and kind of discuss like how each other are figuring that out. Because I think Mm -hmm. that has been a thing that no one ever really talks about. Mm -hmm. Like I always saw people that were like possibly former athletes and I'm like, how are they always doing this? But I, I've said more than once in conversation recently talking about how like yeah, I, I actually sometimes lack the discipline to like maintain what I used to do, mm-hmm. not for the body, not for necessarily the performance. It's just like the structure of it all. When it comes to an end, it's a weird identity crisis. And I feel like athletes should talk about that more. So that's something I had to share because yes. I started noticing that I've been getting pings of people being like, yes, thank you. I was a college athlete or I was this athlete. And after it stopped, everything's just full stop and you're just sitting <sighs> lost. Yeah. I am so happy you shared that. And it's also like for me too, I was like, I don't even know how to have fun. Like I don't know what fun yeah, is I because I never had fun. I was just at dance and I went to rehearsal and I hung out with my friends kind of, but we were doing work. So what is fun? Yeah. It wasn't even I in know. high school. I, like I didn't – like I wasn't going out and partying in high school. I was like, oh, I no. have to dance and cheer, then this, then that. And then I do my homework barely and then I go to sleep and then I go back yep. to school and then we do this yep. over all the while for a million years. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, now figure out life. What what is it? What is it, what do I do with all this open space? Essentially, and no one's telling me I have to do anything, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. So then my days weren't filled in, and then it just my days felt almost like purposeless for a second. It's like yeah, it's like almost a refining your purpose. And I think 
in the way that's phrased, like more, uh, more people that were former athletes should talk about it or else we do all get stuck talking about our glory days and talking about what we were and talking about what we did do and stuff, as opposed to like creating something together that makes us all feel like we are still a team, like in Mm -hmm. the bigger scheme of life. Like, Mm -hmm. because I, I realized, oh, it's not necessarily my work ethic for myself. I was a loyal person. So I showed up every time. It's Mm -hmm. like, there was different reasons why people were going, whether it was passion, whether it was work ethic, whether it was their loyalty to others as a team sport. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I wish there were more um, adult team things, which there are group fitness classes and stuff, but it's, it's not quite the same sometimes. Yeah. It's almost like a mourning of that part of your life that you have to go through. And it's, it's always going to feel like it's missing in a way, unless you find another way to kind of fill that space. I completely agree. I feel like more athletes, yeah, should definitely, or former athletes or current, whatever should talk. Yeah. If you find a group or if you make one yourself, let me know. I will absolutely join. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's almost like, cause we also had something to work towards. It wasn't like we were just, oh, we're in the same workout class forever and ever and ever. It's like, no, every year we have a blank recital, a competition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was like, there were these like mini goals that we didn't even realize that we had set or we had set for us to achieve. And then next thing, next thing, next thing. And now we just kind of like do workouts with the same person maybe for like a year yeah. and we're going, huh? What's going yeah. on? We need to like set mini goals or like trick our brain into thinking that we're still in that space somehow. That space, which is, yeah, I think a pretty <sighs> team sports, but yeah, yes. that's what I had to share. Well, thank you so much. You, sh- I feel like you shared a million things today and I'm so happy that we got to sit down before you leave. Will you just tell everyone where they continue to follow you and social media, all of that stuff you have? Um, You can follow me at at Katie Mo, which is K-A-T-I-E-E Mo. It looks like Katie Emo. Sad, but true. And then hello Katie Mo on Twitter, hello Katie Mo on TikTok. But yeah, at Katie Mo on Instagram, Katie with two E's Mo. And thanks for having me, Sid. It's actually yeah, fun. It's hope I didn't so fun. too much. No, I think everything was great. I hope you don't have any anxiety after this because I don't think no. you need to. So no, I'm also working on that. Just, you know, like I know it. we know we're not bad. We are not bad people. We have things to say. We have experiences to share. And that's why this is called something to share. So exactly. Here we are. And um, yeah, I hope you have a lovely day. I actually miss you. Too. Hugs. I miss you too. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>